With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. There's no more uh, 78. Where did 78 go? He's 77 or was he 77 last year? Oh, he was 77 last year. He's got to change this Twitter handle then. Yeah. Throwing me way off. I don't I like that. I didn't even realize that, actually. I, I'm thinking about all the wrong things. Maybe he needs to worry about his Twitter handle and then get, he'll get his game in order. Speaking of Twitter handle, mm-hmm. what uh, what happened with our Twitter handle? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, set up that Twitter account. I'm not really sure. You had one job. What happened there, guys? Uh, so we are the, the PP1 podcast. Yes. And then, so what's, what's our, just so you could refresh my memory. Braden, what's that? At PP1 Tha. <laughs> that's it's like, it's like if Yoda account. signed us up for, yeah. for our Twitter account. I but like yeah, that. we're. That's, uh, that's clever. We are on Twitter now, guys. Uh, PP1 Tha. You can find us there. <laughs> do, we have a, do we have a MySpace page for this week? It's <laughs> no. PP1 Tha. Uh, no, no MySpace. Thank goodness. So we had our first episode last week. We're rolling in. It's uh, episode two. Episode two. We're all here again. We're in the spot. A few things have happened since our last. Uh, episode. There was a few games. What happened, Ted? Uh, well, there was a there was a hit on a player that we just welcomed back. Oh yes, of course the Canucks. You know it. Just what three five days of happiness, maybe a week, and uh, Brock Besser's injured again. That's the <laughs> longest stretch I think we've gone without an injury, probably including last season. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, we we talked a little bit last season or not last season, last episode about. <laughs> Do we want these kind of guys that are important to us skating around and playing against these, you know, plug set up rosters and seeing guys like Hughes get hurt in a scrum and then all of a sudden there he goes four feet away from the boards, Besser, rate the numbers, head in the wall. Yeah, he kind of turned away from it too, and oh, he was preseason. I don't think. I don't think he really saw it coming in preseason. I don't think he expected a hit like that. No, no, it wasn't one of those. It wasn't one of those things where the guy skates into the corner and then all of a sudden he. Oh crap! And turns his back. It wasn't one of those things. He was just—you're right. He was there the whole time. Yeah. He was shopping for groceries, and a guy hammered him from behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he got all of the produce. Clean up on aisle six. Brock yeah, Besser down. Yeah. No, not good. Not good. I don't like. It uh, is just protocol. Wow. It is just protocol for now. Um, he did play until about three minutes left. Yeah, I don't like and, that either. Um, he said he felt fine. That's, yeah. a, that's sometimes a you don't hole. see those things. But you look at the, you talk about protocol. That's a huge hole. How many times does this happen? It's happened to Pedersen. It's happened to Besser. It's happened to I mean half the Canucks. Happened all yeah. It happens. How many guys does this happen to? And they still haven't figured this thing out. I mean, finally they get the penalty right. At least we get a five minute you know power play on that, and they score on that as well. But they have to figure this out. The NHL has to start cracking down on this. The NFL. You look at how they, they've been calling penalties. I mean, it seems like they call everything oh, now. So I heard the NHL things. didn't even look at didn't even look at the play. Well. Like the don't... NHL just hates on the Canucks these days. Well, these days, ten years All ago, the days. twenty years ago. Yeah. If we're gonna get into conspiracy yeah. talk, then like <laughs> if I start guys, doing that like, guys, I gotta go to bed soon. So like, where was the retaliation? Then I can't have any uh, fun if I'm just gonna think you know, conspiracy. Yeah. On my Twitter, people are asking, you know, did you want retaliation? Did you did you not you know, it's preseason. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, should there have been some retaliation? Absolutely. Right there? Absolutely. If you're not backing up your star player, I mean, before Patterson, it was Brock Besser. And they made sure that he was protected. And then he goes down, mm-hmm. you know, funny, a couple seasons ago. You have to protect your stars. You have to, I mean, you protect your entire team, but you have to protect your stars. And I don't think there was enough... Uh, 
there wasn't enough fight back. There wasn't enough pushback there. And I mean, you might as well have had I mean, Duke Branson on the ice. Not only just the one hit, but Oscar Fattenberg gets basically double teamed by two guys there. Multiple, and yeah. uh, no retaliation there either. He's down on the ice for, what, was it seven minutes before he got up? Um, yeah, it was ugly. Well, I mean, there's... Well, Ferland wasn't playing for one, uh, so he wasn't there to retaliate. But there's got to be someone to step up. Uh, I agree. Look, I'm in that mindset, obviously. You know, one of my boys gets hurt. The first thing you want to see is somebody step two and toe the line, right? But, I mean, that wasn't a hallmark of that cup run team in the early part of this decade, right? No. It was draw a penalty and then eat them up on the power play. And I don't think this roster can do that yet. We're not sure. Maybe they can. Um, I mean, there's some pretty nice pieces that are going to sit on that power play unit. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what the mentality is. Like, I don't know what Green is saying to his roster about, hey, guys, we're playing team toughness or, hey, if somebody's got to answer the bell, if somebody goes down like that, like, I would assume that's going to be Ferland's job or, or anybody else that's skating around with those guys. Maybe that doesn't even happen if Ferland's on that line. I don't know. But I'm going to guess that if a dude like that is skating around on that line, that somebody doesn't take liberties. And again, it's in the preseason. What's the worst that's going to happen? You get suspended for the rest of the preseason. They throw the book at you. If it's bad enough, maybe you get one game. But I mean, if, if Tierney doesn't even get one, re- one regular Tierney, season game. Tierney yeah. gets scratched the following game. Yeah. Right. We played them, you know, was it the next time we played him? Yeah. Or no, two nights later. Yeah. Was he scratched? Was that... Uh, he was scratched because uh, they wanted to give other guys an opportunity. He's a roster player. He's, he doesn't even have to play. So, you know, Ottawa gets to completely avoid the conversation by just not playing it. And then I don't know when we're seeing the Sens again this year, but it's going to be a while. And is anybody even going to be talking December about this? December 6th or something like that. So I saw on my Twitter feed too, there was like, oh, you know, if it's not, you know, if it's not him, then who? Somebody needs redemption, right? But you can't, I don't know. You can play him tough, but I don't think there's there's any point of running somebody from behind or whatever to take it out on them as well. Got to find a way to get him later. Take a number. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, like it's. That. I saw from Coach Green. He didn't really see the hit at first. The first interview he had after the game, he kind of called it a, a hockey play. Then you know, 24 hours later, he's asked about it again, and he wants to make make it clear that was a bad hit. He didn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. So it starts with the coach when it comes to retaliation, but what about where's the captain of this team? Um, where's the know, captain that, that steps yet. up and does that, right? Um, you know, we're going into our 50th season, still no captain, but there seems to be a lot of little kind of cues around, little, little hints. Yeah, um, you've been, you've been, uh, been kind of looking on Twitter like there the, a little like bit. Like the Blues Clues. Um, like Blues, hey, where's the captain? I saw this, uh, like this post, uh, the skate jersey with a C on it. Yeah. And uh, we just happen to be wearing that skate jersey when we have our home opener. Mm. Do you guys think we name a captain? Said, we said no conspiracies. About <laughs> yeah, his stuff, Brady's all, he's running around, seeing the stuff on Twitter. It's like National Treasure and the freaking Illuminati <laughs> here. Yeah, but he's seen it for sure. I mean, we've talked about this before, Brady, you and I, that, that skate jersey game. What, I think it's the 9th, right? September 9th. Yeah, I believe it's the 9th against October. the Kings. October, sorry, October, October 9th against the Kings. Oh, <laughs> is, it, is it September still? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Look me up. So we're we're Garth Butcher days away. So from what do you what do you guys think? Do we have a captain that night? Do we have a captain before the season? Do we even have a captain this year? I I, I hate that this is a conversation because <laughs> there were, I just we were talking about this when we were kind of preparing and it just drives me crazy. We all know who's going to be the captain. There is <laughs> there is no I st- other option. You can make your case all you want. <laughs> you know, Bo. Freaking Horvat will be the next captain Book of it. your Vancouver Canucks. Put it on the board. Not not only is it gonna be Bo because he deserves it, because he's he's that player that can connect to the old and the young that are on this roster. But like the organization the organization's made it that way. They've like put themselves into this spot where it can only be Bo that gets named captain. All this marketing year over year over year, not letting him be captain. No, we don't want to put that pressure on our shoulders. A year goes by. Well, now we're here, and now it has to happen, and it has to be Bo. And that's on the organization, but also because Bo, Bo deserves it. He Absolutely. does. Yeah. He does. Definitely deserves it. But I would say, like, both Patterson and Besser, they would make great captains as well. You think so? It's, yeah, I do for sure. I mean, Patterson has everything, you know, a true good hockey player has. He just wants to be better. Brock Besser is a really good guy off the ice as well. Um I think you don't. I think Horvat. It's just 
it's time to give it to Horvat, you know. I like the fact of having a Canadian captain too. Yeah, that's that, that all seems to work out. So, that's, I think the, the Canadian thing is like fairly irrelevant to me. I just think. Yeah, no, I honestly think it's good to have a Canadian leader, captain leader. for a Canadian yeah. team. Yeah. I, I look at this. I don't think the Caps cared though when it was yeah. Obi that was captain. Oh. If you're a leader, you're a leader. That's I take I take that every day. I I think the one thing too. Um, I was listening to Ten Forty the other day, and they were talking about uh, the captaincy, and you talk about Pedersen, Brain. Yeah. Um, you know, he, the guy's been in this in the league one year. He still is working on his English and his his cues and making sure he says the right things. Yeah, um, for sure. Making sure that you know he's he's not saying something that is going to come off in a way where you know he's going to get questioned. I mean. He's very upfront about that as well, and he knows that uh, he's he's very honest. He's willing to answer absolutely anything, but at the same time, Ted, like you said, you know, Bo has been around. It seemed like when they drafted him, you know, it the writing it just felt like it was on the wall. At some point, Bo Horvat would it does take seem over. He's been around forever. Oh my goodness, it does. Yeah, but and he he has to be the captain, and, yeah. and he will be. And it you know all signs point to. To that happening, but uh, I mean, hey, maybe we get surprised. But I think uh, knowing the Canucks and their uh, their need to market their team because they absolutely need to uh, they need to start getting some sparks and some seats and seats filled. And I think uh, Bo does all of that. And, and again, it takes the pressure off of uh, everybody else because there's going to be plenty of losses this season again. And I think uh, you don't have to go and target. Uh, PD and you don't have to go and target Besser and you know a few of the other guys like Bo's that guy that's going to stand up and he's going to he's going to be the one that is going to answer all the tough questions. Yeah, I, I fully agree with all that. And I think it's like somewhat reminiscent of when Hank was named captain. I, I remember and I don't know if you guys remember, but there was talk that it could be Kessler that was going to be the captain. Absolutely, I thought it would yeah, be Kessler. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. And I'm not saying that PD's Kessler or anything like that, but right. I'm just talking about the fact that it was somebody other than Hank. And Hank, you know, all these years later seems like the most clear choice. And yeah. how could we have ever thought anything different? You know, it was Lou, then it was Hank. Yeah. But, you know, we're in that we're in that stage now where it feels like it's supposed to be Bo. And I'm sure that there's other guys that, you know, could step up on this roster. But when it was Hank, Hank took over and they were very clear that it was going to be you know, he was the captain, but it was going to be a group of leadership. And I think that there's still lots of good leaders on this. Which team. it was. Yeah, and it really was. <laughs> and Kess, for all of, you know, all of his warts, um, you know, as, as, a, as a team guy, he was a team guy on our team. You know, he was a bag of dicks. Yeah. But he was our bag of dicks. He was right? our bag of dicks, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and he was a good leader on that roster by all accounts. You know, he was... A, Honestly, he was, one of my favorite players. Yeah, to totally agree. Unless he was loved playing... Him. Loved him. You either loved him or you hated him. And, yeah. Uh, but so he, he played that role so well, too. And like, you, know, you wanted to hate on him, but you still loved him even... Like, I still love the guy. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. My so. brother, like my brother though, he loved him when he played with the Canucks. Hates him now, you know. It's just, just it just kind of works like that with a player like that. A lot of similarities though with Bo. There, I think they kind of play that two way game. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see Bo maybe being in Selkie contention at any point in his career? Maybe coming up soon or? Oh, that's a tough one. I think uh, so he's Bo- going to need the points. I think to, yeah. before that becomes an issue or becomes a. I can man, I could see him definitely putting up like 70, 80 points this year. And if Kessler can do it, scoring that many points. 70, 80 points, that's a hot take, man. That's two weeks in a row. I think people <laughs> people continue to bet against Bo. And man, I think every we year. before we can't do that. No, he just he proves people wrong each and every year. And he looks great this preseason. He's ready to be Cavs and I think he's ready to take over this team. And if we didn't have Elias Pedersen, I think that uh, we could uh, have him as number one C as well. Yeah. Um, a Selkie, it's hard to think that he's, I don't know if he's going to win a Selkie. I don't know. Um, you know, Kess had, he was able to score a few more goals. He was, he drove play a little bit, um, but he was really good defensively. And I think that, you know, Bo coming out of juniors was considered a really good defensive or two-way center. And I think I like what he does from a defensive standpoint, but that's because they always have the puck. I mean, he had to really up his offensive game to not get his teeth kicked in so much defensively early on in his career, right? So Mm -hmm, for sure, um, I think you're right. If he can put up, you know, seventy, eighty points, then and and continues to play against the other team's top line, then regardless of how good he actually is defensively, I think he gets put in that conversation. So there is a chance, but I don't know if it happens. But I would say two seasons. Just looking at um, like Kessler's trajectory how he eventually got to the talk and then eventually did win, obviously, in the 2011 year. Um, I think Bo is probably 
I'm going to say two seasons away just because I think this is the first season where a lot of that pressure is going to be off of his line. There's going to be a lot more that's going to be with the Pedersen line. Bo finally gets that. He finally gets a solid second line where he's going to have consistent wingers where they're going to have a lot more pressure. And even that third line, however that looks, or you're going to see Bo... You know, his minutes will go down, his face-offs are going to go down, his production is going to go up because he's going to have more time to breathe. Even 17 when his when it's Selkie as a second-line center, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we can agree, Bo Horvat, great two-way center for the Canucks, the next c- captain of the, this team. No debate there. Yeah. No debate. We're all in. Uh, we should probably get jumping into some preseason talk. You know, things are kind of finally wrapping up tonight. The Canucks are playing the Coyotes right now. Uh, four wins, three losses. Tons of goals, tons of power play goals. Yeah. Um, but we're also letting in a lot of goals, too. Um, I think the biggest thing standing out right now would be Adam Gaudet. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Um, he needs to make this team. I think he does. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Adam Gaudet in the preseason so far? He's been, he's been their runaway favorite to, to make this team. Yeah. He's, been, he's done everything. Doubt. He's scored. He's got the assists. He's got, obviously, the games he's played, I think, in almost every single game. Almost. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just doing all, all the little things. Hashtag little things. Every time he's out there right now, he's getting something done. It's, it's impressive. He, I mean, he's, he's doing more than Patterson's doing. I had this thought today about Gaudet. And if he can keep playing the way he's playing, he could be that difference maker from making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. I mean, he's that good right now. Kind of your X-factor kind of guy. I mean, that's a, that's a long ways away, yeah. but, you know, it's going to come down to one of those little things that gets us over that hump, and if Gaudet can keep playing this way into the season, I see good things for Gaudet. Yeah, you see good teams performing well in the playoffs that have mid-round picks contributing to their roster. Fifth-round pick, man. Yeah. Hobie Baker Award, is that what it was yeah, called? He won yeah, he Hobie. Yeah. yeah. He's totally <laughs> underrated at the same time, I think, as well. He... He was not necessarily expected to, to, to do big things. He's kind of that only option. Oh, at he's, this point he's, now. he's absolutely like, he has to make this team. And I, I hate how they bring up that, you know, he's waiver exempt and they can bring him up and down. Like, they talked about if there is a position that yes. basically, if, they're, yeah. if they earn that spot, then they're going to make room for it. They've done it with so many other players. He has earned that. And that yeah, and the one good thing with Gaudet as well. Is he's he's forming that ke- uh, chemistry with Sven Berchi. Yeah, he does. Um, he looks good. It's good. That is the that's the best chemistry we have out there right now. It's beating Miller and Bo. It's beating Petey and Besser. It's beating Petey and Goldie. I mean, mm-hmm. they're putting up points and they're doing it consistently. They both want to be here. Yeah, I think uh, the the Goddard thing. I I feel like he's got to be on this roster, but I think it's like very plausible that he gets sent down. Though I don't think it's written in stone, even though we I all can't. know. I don't think you can send him down now. I think he, well, no, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with it either. I think he's gonna like. I don't think you know. I don't think he should be sent down, but I think he's gonna be the easiest scenario to send down. He's the easy way out for this coaching staff. Is it easy, easy now though? I don't care oh, about yeah. the two way contract. But, but that's why it's easy, Brady. <sighs> I'd be pissed off oh, if I'm out of that and getting set down. I'd be so choked. But I, I, it's the easy way out. They're, they're going to, oh, I don't know about making a roster decision. I'll have to make a hard choice. It's more Send difficult down, for me to Brad, make a deal. Brandon Sutter. In like the just, meantime, I'm just going to fire you off to the minors. You're going to work on your game. It doesn't hurt you to be down there. But he's, in my opinion, he's earned the right to develop his game in the NHL, not the AHL. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't, I don't know if this coaching staff is they're sending the message that the good guys are going to play, then we better see it. Because that's what they've been telling well, us. The one thing that scares me at this point is he's played, what, every single game? He's either earned it or he hasn't at this point. Yeah, you he's know still you playing. The other thing, too, on that, he's he's earned his way onto this team. So Travis Green, obviously, I, I, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. They do want him on this Yeah, team. I don't know if it's up to Green. The, the other part is, that's when it comes up to Jim Benning. If he needs to be on this team and they need to make a roster move... You've got Mott and you've got Schaller and, you know, Schaller nothing like I've been saying lately. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got, got these two guys and, I mean, we all like Mott too. And, I mean, he's he's been, uh, I think, he's hurt right now, is he not? They've, they've got guys that they can well, send down and, I mean, if they get claimed, whoop-de-doo. I think the thing about Gaudet now is he's not the guy to get sent down anymore. 
he's surpassed guys like Brandon Sutter. He's passed guys like Nikolai Goldobin, Jake mm-hmm. Vertanen. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's about sending him down now. I think it's about finding a different solution. Figure he's it out for somebody spot. else. Well, yeah. We all agree on that, but but is the organization going to do the right thing? Knowing the connection. That's, that's the what I want and what I think. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely right. So I don't know. This, he's so what do you guys think? He's, he's this year's... He's this year's Mott, really, right? Mott forced his way onto this roster. Yeah, he yeah. was a nobody. And now, and now it looks like Mott could be the odd man out. So he could, he could be the one that goes down, right? So, I mean, he's probably got... Well, who would you rather send down, Tyler Mott or a guy like Nikolai Goldobin? I don't think you can send well, down a guy like Goldobin. No, I think he's got too much You value. sign Goldobin for the value. You can't send him if down. You have any, if you have any want to keep a guy like Goldobin on this roster, then, then I don't know if you can afford to send him down without him being claimed. No, he will be claimed, without a doubt. And that's why you 900, go. That's why you go and send Schaller and Mott, and again, send, and hope you know, somebody takes Schaller. But, or well, but, if, but even, if, even if they don't, I mean, they're you know you've got guys now in Utica, and you're. I'm not worried about the Utica Comets. I'm worried about the Vancouver Canucks. So at the end of the day, if I'm Travis Green and I'm Jim Benning, you figure out what the Vancouver Canucks look like. You get your house in order, not you know, not your little brother. This is we got to make the playoffs either this year or next year. They have to start figuring out like when is this rebuild, rebuild, sorry, going to be ending. And Adam got it's a big part of he could be that figuring piece. out one of those pieces that that matter. No, definitely for sure. I got sure. I got Schaller in the AHL. I got Schaller off this team. Yeah, I don't, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't even exactly. But... I don't even write him down in my uh, my depth charts when I'm going through this team. It's <laughs> 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 kind of somebody I forget about. Uh, a big disappointment last tonight. Year. <laughs> I was, before we got here, I looked though. I think Schaller led the team in ice time tonight. Really? Before the second period. Started. It doesn't mean anything though. Oh, it doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> Maybe they're, they're just saying we're going to give you every time. opportunity to show us anything else you got. Are you even here? Because I don't know. Yeah. Well, he, do we want to touch on the other RFA contracts that have been placed yeah, after the week. Besser contract? It's been a busy week. Who do we got? Uh, Matt Kachuk signed 7 mil in three years, 21 mil total. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of right on the money. It's pretty similar to the Besser contract. Pretty similar. Braden uh, Point, three at 6.5. That per, was crazy, which is, in my opinion. How the hell? Yeah. Okay, so how do you get more money if you're Kachuk versus Point? Well, I think Calgary I think, probably just figured we got to sign him. Or, mm-hmm. I think Tampa just continues to figure it out. Some roster do you think? There. Do you think sometimes the players, just depending on the market, they might not get the best deals? Like this kind of seemed a year where everyone got signed cheaper than expected. I think every team has wanted to fit their guy in, and they've basically said, "Listen, if you like what's going on here, this is what you have to sign for." And I mean, it looks like each one of these, it's been almost uh, the team initiative and has been the player that's won realistically. And I think if Kachuk would have signed for six mil, we would have been, oh, that's that's a pretty good deal. I think that yeah. looks familiar to us, right? And he gets seven, and then we're still like, oh, it seems like a pretty good deal. He's produced, though. Yeah, he's put up points for sure. I think mm-hmm. both those Kachuk boys look good. And then you look at Marner, and you think, I could have two of, you know, you. it's like picking off a menu. I could have Besser and Point. I could, you know, obviously the, the numbers would have to be changed a bit. You yeah. could essentially take Two of these guys, two of those three players, or the Marner contract. Again, you're tweaking the number a little bit here. Just a bit. But my goodness, you know, within, what, a mil or two? That's ridiculous. Mitch Marner, he's he's getting Toronto money because he's in Toronto. All these other <laughs> deals actually make sense. And, you know, they're, they're bridge deals, so if all these guys produce, they're going to have a massive yeah. payday. And great, if they do, the Canucks, you know, you look at Besser... They're thrilled if they have to pay but more because guess what? He's yeah. earned it. But look at that though. Like, I think the bridge deal has shown that it's good. Uh, Besser plays two games and he's hurt already. Like, there you go, right? I mean, what if we locked into him for six, seven, eight years and you know he just keeps getting hurt? Yeah, but I mean, it's tough to know. It's tough to know that. I mean, it, but you're right. It is the year of the bridge deal, and and I think we're all we're all fine with that. Really, I think all these other markets are fine with it too. I think we got the, one of the best deals out of those RFA signings, um, money-wise. But uh, do you guys think maybe with the Luongo recapture penalty we suffered, do you think we might have went long-term if that did not happen this year? Oh, 
geez, I don't know. I don't know if I even I even considered that. I don't know if the Canucks, when they look at their roster, even think that they're working with a, a full salary cap. I think probably they think right off the bat that they're working with a different salary cap. Just I honestly think that kind of screwed them. I think the oh, plan yeah, was long. I heard, the, I heard the plan was long term, like all along. They, so they didn't even talk art. They didn't even talk bridge deal for quite some time. I heard. If it was a long term deal that they really wanted. There's a few things that factor into that. Sure. The Luongo thing definitely kind of hampers them a little bit. They also signed Erickson. Oopsies. To a long-term deal. Mm -hmm. They also signed Sutter to a deal that doesn't exactly look great. Although Sutter's been better lately, but it's also preseason and they played nobody. They signed Jay Beagle. Whoopsies. When they had... uh, (laughs) What was it? Jim Dowd or whoever the heck they had there. I don't even remember. You know, they've signed these contracts themselves they've offered out these contracts yeah for players that they were hoping would pan out when a lot of people in the know knew these weren't going to pan out Erickson was coming off a, a decent year in Dallas but overall it looked like it probably was decent wasn't. like get yeah, decent decent sure, doesn't decent. get you a six-year deal at six schmel you know Jay Beagle he's on our fourth line you do not pay that kind of money to a fourth liner. What is Brad Richards? He's going to be 36 when he finishes his contract. I mean, players are already regressing in their age 32 season. Has a good cup run. Turns it into a big contract. Congratulations. Big for a, big for a fourth My line. My question is, why Why is his name not brought up when we're talking about sending down Brandon Sutter? Oh. Is Jay Beagle that much better than Brandon Sutter? I mean, I, mean, I think Sutter, if he's doing anything that he's supposed to be doing gives you more offense but geez i don't know man is it just because we signed him that we have to keep him beagle looks i mean it doesn't it's not a good look on your franchise if you're signing free agents and then cutting them right off right after the fact right so you know it's going to come down to it a a year or two down the road where they're going to make a signing and look back at the fact that hey you just tanked louis erickson sent him down and then you signed jay beagle and cut him and then you sign tim schaller and then cut him like that's not a good look right so yeah does the does the player always deserve to be on the roster just because he's a free agent signer? Probably not. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty obvious. But some of these guys play, and I don't always agree with it. But then you got to be smarter when you're making your free agent signings. I haven't been looking uh, at what he's been like when he's been in Florida, but uh, I was kind of looking at cap friendly, and uh, I can't remember who signed first on July first. If it was uh, um, Beagle or if it was uh, Brett Connolly. Um, I can't remember who went first. Now, Conley's a winger, yeah. but uh, he's only making three and a half, and they've got him for another, what is it, four years? Three, four years? Brett Conley. Yeah, so four, four more years. So, I mean, again, making you know a little bit of bank, but you know I remember when the Canucks had an opportunity to sign him on, on July 1, and I'm thinking... A younger guy, still a little why, bit. Why not give him a chance? He's a BC boy from Campbell River. I mean, those island guys, you know. They grind. It's not smile of hometown. Yeah. There you go. So, you know, I again, I could get ripped on it for even, you know, suggesting a guy like this. But, I mean, the cap kind of works. Um, you know, the Panthers, they've got, uh, where are they sitting on their their total cap remaining? They've got, uh, I think, 3,500 or something like that. Or 35, you know, or 3.5 mil. They've, they've got some money that they can, oh, sorry, that's, that is for Connolly. There is some money, though, that they can make a trade like that work. You're right. Do you go and make a trade after you've just locked in a guy? There are some players that you can. If they look and think, you know what? We overshot on what we should have been doing. Here's a few moves that we need to make. All of our young guys are starting to come up. You know, we got to adjust. And guess what? Change is okay, folks. Yeah, Beagle does some good things. Like, he he probably he is a good fourth-line center. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is he overpaid for a fourth-line center? Definitely. Absolutely. But, like, he can still help your team. He's still a viable, contributing NHL player. Yeah. And I think he can play on that line because we're not expecting him to put up, you know, 30 points in a season. We're, we're, you know, we're expecting him to take, like, 75% of his zone starts in the defensive mm-hmm. zone because we don't want other guys taking... If Godet makes this team, we want him starting in the offensive zone, right? So... To do that, you got to counteract that with a guy like Beagle. So I'm okay with submarining Beagle in the, yeah. in the defensive zone on the fourth line, you know, working with a couple of other guys. And maybe those couple of other guys, maybe that is like a Sutter, and maybe that is like an Erickson. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a way that those guys can all play together, and we can somehow elevate their value, and then later on in the season, trade them because they might be worth something to somebody so else. So the Richie Rich line on line four. Yeah, it'll be a really expensive, <laughs> a really expensive fourth line or third line or whatever. Yeah. And, and maybe they turn themselves into something and we got all of our goods everywhere else. 
Yeah, and that might be the way they go. I think we'll probably have the most expensive fourth line in the league if Louis Erickson's on it. <laughs> it would be, be an expensive line, and uh, I can't remember. I was doing, I was doing like a, a bit of math, and I think it was like um, they took a bunch of free agents that we had. And I think Erickson was one, Beagle was another, Sutter was another. And, That's like what? How like, much? And I can't remember who the other guy was. It worked up to like eighteen mil or something. Yeah, like that. that's so, so much money. Was. Like we're just talking about a guy like Marner. <laughs> Those three guys can't even amount to like a, a lick of what Marner does. No. So they're worth like <laughs> twice as much almost. I mean, yeah. not twice as much, but you know what I'm saying. But as much, yeah. So oh, for it sure. hurts. It's, it's <laughs> stupid. Um, I don't think we can beat that horse to absolute death. And yeah. we'll never get over it until they're gone. Yeah. Um, I think we should probably shift to uh, maybe talking about the defense a little bit. Um, some good things we've seen in the preseason there and some bad things. Um, one of the bright spots... Edler, he's got seven points in three games played. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? A lot of power play magic, I would assume, there. Um, you know, we've been clicking on that power play as well. Uh, I think we went four for seven against Ottawa the other night or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've got seven power play goals on the preseason already, which is tops in the NHL. Yeah. They've got two scoring units now that they don't oh, have to definitely. overload on one. Um, That's been nice to watch. It has been nice to watch. It Again, I we for- talked about <laughs> Bo on that second line. Well, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, they've said that he's probably not going to be on that first unit. Well, now they have two. It's kind of grown on me, honestly, this last week. Um, Having the two units, they seem pretty equal, honestly. doesn't really seem like one and two. It's more like 1A, 1B, especially with Orbit on that second line as well. You know what I like about having Bo on that second line, if that's how they're going to run it? And this is also why I really like Adam Gaudet making this team. Put him on the wing. If you put him in what we used to call the Besser spot, the which best. I think PD kind of stole too. But, uh, Area 51. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Adam Gaudet, that's where he scored. I, th- I heard he likes Petter Zone, actually. That's what I heard too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I think he's wrong, side. man. Yeah. Like Area 51 is where it's at. Uh, I heard they can keep Area 51 for Stetcher. Um, uh, so we'll go with the Petter Zone on that one. But <laughs> you, look at, you look at Gaudet and you look at him, what he was doing in college, and he was scoring all those same one-timers like Besser was scoring. From that same spot. Yeah. So if you've got Bo Sorry. and Gaudet, I mean, what, yeah. go ahead, finish it up. It's, I mean, you've now got three guys yeah. that have this very similar shot. With again, you set them up properly, and you've seen Gaudet's been scoring goals all preseason against yeah. nobody teams. But regardless, he's been get, he's been burying his opportunities. Even on the game tonight, he had some power play time with uh, on the on the first unit with Pedersen. He had that nice pass, but yeah. he found on it right in the best yeah. spot. Uh, yeah. I see what you're saying there. For he's sure. a guy that you can. You're right, Ryan. He's a guy that you can develop. In That's what I mean. I think mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that can definitely be a game changer, especially if he can start scoring on that second unit power play. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I think power play this year is going to be make or break for us. Like it's got to be. It has to be top ten. Like, it <laughs> We've has got a to be top ten. Riding on it. Yeah, it has to be top ten. That's what's going to keep chance. us in games. That's what's going to um, when we're getting abused by other teams. It's going to be the fear of the power play. The thing right? is, we're so. letting in goals too. Um, it's nice to see we're scoring goals. We're letting in sure. goals. It is early preseason. Yeah, on, back, on that power play though, I mean, I I like the idea that we're having. You're right. That first unit that's got the two trigger men on mm-hmm. it, and we can't always have two units that are going units that's going to have two trigger men. So we're lucky for that, right? Yeah. If the, if the option on that side for Pedersen isn't open, then Besser's on the other side. And I like that. You know, at least in preseason, they've given they've given the keys to the Lambo to the kid, right? I mean, they're letting Hughes play. He looks good walking the line. He's, he's he really nice distributing. I don't know what you his know what? shot is like quite yet, Yeah. but it seems like he's got that vision to find the guys, Definitely. whether it's going to be, you know, in area 51 or it's, or it's Brock down low, but they can, yeah. they can have possession. And then when roll, when line two rolls out there, you got Bo, that's, but that's strong winning face off. And we know, we know already that, that Miller is a guy that can play on the power play too. Yeah. No, definitely. But the crazy thing I'm seeing and, Good for Alex Edler. Seven points. Hughes has one. And they've both seen power play time. That makes me think Edler, that's still his spot to give up. It's still his spot to lose. You could be right. They're, they're playing <clears throat> different roles, right? I mean, 
Hughes is, is the distributor on that on that power play, whereas yeah. Edler plays more of the role of the trigger man, right? I'm so, just really happy to see Alex Edler. You know, he comes in, he's still scoring points. He signs a two-year deal. He still wants to play hard. You know, he's not just giving up now that he's in his going into his later 30s. Yeah, it's nice to see that he still wants to be that number one guy for the Canucks. Yeah, I don't ever. He's feel not like just I've, gonna roll over and let Hughes take over, right? I don't feel like I've ever felt that from Edler that he's just mailing it in. Yeah. No. So no. that's that's yeah. It, you're right. It's a good look on him, and it continues to be a good look on him. So more of the same for Eddie, for sure. Yeah, and surprisingly, Myers has looked okay. He had kind of a bit of a uh, tough game the other night. Uh, maybe saved it with that one assist to. Uh, Jordy Ben from the box. That wasn't even that great of a pass. <laughs> no, he was just wide open. Jordy had to take that in skates, and then, and then the guy with the beard showing some hands. But he did take that in skates before he kicked it up to his yeah. stick to make that breakaway. Um, he knew what to do when he got it, but yeah. So far, uh, Edler know. looks like he wants to play hard. Yeah. Does Myers? Myers. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the other thing with Myers is too. That I mean, big he cash is contract. advertised. You know, yeah, it's not like it was a secret what he brings. He had an amazing you know rookie yeah. season, but Tyler Myers was Jim Benning's favorite, and as soon as he became available at free agency, just like any of his other uh, finds, um, Tyler Myers was going to be a Canuck regardless of what anybody wanted or did. I want. still love it. Yeah, he's, Tyler he's, Myers. He's pretty good in the offensive zone. I mean, he's one of our better offensive defenders. Mm-hmm. He is. Really good on the breakout. We can totally handle that coming out. If he gets the puck on a stick in the defensive zone, you know it's going to find somebody and they're out of the zone. The problem is, is that he's not a good defender. Even for his size down low, it seems to, that you know teams are controlling the puck and he's getting eaten up a little bit. And I think we're just we're seeing that a little bit. So it's probably going to be important for him to be paired with the, the proper partner. He's also only been on this team a month. Yeah, as far yeah, as it's gonna take time some time. To but do. you're right, Ryan. I think as advertised, I think mm-hmm. I think uh, I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. I think that for a while it's been Alex Edler that's been kind of the whipping boy of this decor, right? Anytime something goes wrong, it's Edler. Anything, you know, but he's, he's there. He's right. It's but Edler, he is right? there. But he is right. He's responsible and he can depend on him. But I think that I think that that's that's gonna probably be passed on to Myers. We'll, we'll see. He's gonna be the guy. I think well, he's a bit younger too. So. Everything is under scrutiny for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, we need that guy. We do. They can I know we've talked about it a lot, um, but how do you guys think Travis Green shapes these two power play units now? We're talking about two units, not one. We got two now. Do you guys have any kind of uh, predictions for our two units when it comes opening night? I'll, uh, I'll take the first stab at it. I think, uh, obviously, you've got Pedersen. You've got Besser. And it's probably going to be Furlan to start. Ferland. Um, and then on your back end, is it, you know, uh, Troy Stetcher and Edler? Is it uh, Hughes and Edler or Hughes and Stetcher? I, you're going to see the, as four guys. There's Edler, Meyer, Stetcher, and Hughes. I don't know what Travis Green thinks of all the pairs on the power play. During, you know, five on five, it's a little bit different. But, you know, whoever isn't on that first one, the other two guys are going to be on the second one. And then you've got that second line of Goddat, Bo, and I get probably JT Miller, maybe Tanner Pearson options. on the back end, and maybe they go with one defenseman on the second unit. But, I think uh, Miller makes that first that first unit if Bo doesn't. Yeah. And but my one problem with, Just that, as fir- center, with that first unit you have right? there, my one problem with it, Pedersen on the faceoff dot, forty one percent last year. We need to see a jump there. I don't know if I want to be sending out a forty-one percent face-off man. He was a rookie. One of the most important face-offs of the game. He was our number one center and a rookie, and they put him in every situation. That's why I like Horvat okay. out there. Oh yeah, and that's fine by all means. I don't think we have to worry too much about Patterson. Do you want to be losing sixty percent of your face-offs in the offensive zone though, when We're it matters really? most? Well, Bo won enough last year. We're gonna lose a few too. Yeah, hopefully he spent the time working with Mel Hotro over the season. You know the faceoffs are getting. That's better. personally why I like Horvat there on that first unit. Yeah, still. so I'm. I'm especially the that. way Godet's playing, he can run that second unit, especially with a guy with help from like a guy like Miller. Or... I think I'd slow my roll a little bit on saying that 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 Godet is going to be the guy on that second unit, and, and I don't even know what his faceoffs are going to be like come this year. But I think uh, I like this idea. You and I, Brave, were talking about this. Um, I think it was like episode zero about rolling out four forwards on that first unit. I yeah. Think, I think that middle swingman rolling in and out in like a Levo and then maybe it's Horvat, you're right, that takes the first draw. Um, that's sitting in like a little bit of the high slot. 
And we saw that a little bit in, I think it was like two games ago. So, you know, I, I think I'd be okay with seeing something like that, a four forward set with Hughes running the line. And then on the, on the second unit, you got um, Stetcher, who's shooting the puck more this year already. It looks yeah. like his shot's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And Edler, who we know has got the bomb, and he's yeah. putting up points at a, at a higher rate. And then you have Miller, who we know is a power play performer. So right. I think I'd be on, on board with that too. So yeah. The crazy thing, I, I didn't hear you say Tyler Myers in any point in that sentence at all. Well, not if we're talking about Do we put Tyler Myers on our... Our power play unit? I mean, I think six million a year. Yeah, I think it's a done deal that Myers is going to play power play. Yeah. We're just, I'm sort of talking about that idea. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, yeah, moving on then. I think so. Um, we were, you know, we've been talking about the goals in the preseason. We've talked about the power play results. With the Canucks have led in power play goals scored, total goals scored, which sounds great. Um, but thankfully, they're very reliable in one unfortunate area in their shot share. Um, their courses are horrible. If they do 82 games of what they've already done and what they did last season, going into tonight's game, they had the worst, um, actually, sorry, the fourth worst court, or no, 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 the worst Corsi um, at 39.89%. Um, followed closely by Ottawa, which was at 40-something. They have uh, 217 um, shots, uh, total shots against um, so far, again, going into tonight, which was fourth um, Jesus. So, again, we get excited about all the goals. <laughs> and, hey, don't get me wrong. I mean, don't shoot the messenger. But At least we're shooting the puck. Yeah, but so is the <laughs> other mean... team. A lot more than the Canucks are. Like, yeah. you look at that Ottawa game the other night. And everybody was getting excited when, uh, well, the first one, sorry. And, you know, the Canucks were way up in shots and everything seemed just, just amazing. It was like 16 to 4 were the shots. And I think the Canucks ended up out shooting them by like two shots. And it was like 35 to 33 or something like that. That's not good. Yeah, we're shooting at like an unreal rate right now. And shooting percentage is not a sustainable stat, right? So yeah. something's got to give. And if it's if it's uh, if it's playing great right now in the in the shot share and the shooting percentage is really high because of what we're doing on the power play, then that's probably a good thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like we got to get it figured out at even strength. No, definitely. <laughs> it's early. The, it's it, well, yeah. still early. <laughs> so I wanted to to head up a little uh, little part of this. We can break up our hockey talk for a little bit. Um, we're into the fall now. Um, the leaves, the leaves are falling. They're changing color. R.I.P. Summer. Um, man, I miss the Kelowna summer. We might get one more week if we're lucky, but I got. Yeah, it was cold this. I morning. gotta get my sp- sprinklers blown up pretty soon, so I guess summer is officially over at my house. Um, everybody's got kind of their different tastes in their their liquid of choice, whether it's the their fall beers or your fall coffees. I'm a little bit of both. Um, guys, you know, I I know you fairly well, but at the same time. Uh, you know what's what's your uh, what's your 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 drink of choice for you, if you got a beer and a coffee, Ted? Or uh, so beer, it's either got to be. I mean, we're in the season for stouts and pumpkin ales. So okay. anything with that pumpkin, I gotta have. I gotta have it in pumpkin bread, pumpkin pie. I'm all over it. It never ends, and I eat that stuff and drink that stuff right up until it's gone. So. In terms of beer, it's the stouts and it's the pumpkins. So We're going to cut out the that. pumpkin part when I'm editing this. <laughs> I don't really drink beer, so... What's your coffee? <laughs> uh, I actually don't drink coffee either. Um, I, uh, That's okay. Love I my, a love my hot chocolate and I love my monster energy drinks. I'm well, kind of a Red Bull guy. So you're yeah, just on pure, pure... Uh, pure fuel, energy. baby. Pure fuel. Your crash fuel. is going to be horrible. I'm, uh, You've been talking coffee lately. I, I have been. I've got a buddy that uh, has a, a podcast out in uh, Brenton on tour. Uh, actually, former <laughs> neighbor of mine, and uh, we got to talking. But uh, yeah, fall beers for me, it is September, and I haven't purchased one yet. But uh, my absolute favorite from Parallel 49, the Salty Scott, Salted Caramel Scotch Ale. That is liquid I think I bought you that beer for your birthday. You may have. Ooh, it is it is the best fall beer when uh, my wife was uh, pregnant with a second child. And um, we were getting pretty close there. And I came back with a few of those. And I just looked at her and said, well, I'm really sorry that you can't. And she loves it too. And I just, I drank one of those. And I'm pretty sure I slept on the couch that night after taunting her with that. And then coffee. Right back. I mean, pretty much anything. You you talk about stouts, Ted. When you're getting into the fall, yeah. You know something that's really got like that that thick, you know, 
hearty taste to it. You know, there's a, your salted caramel lattes and stuff. I, you know, just a solid espresso, something hot, something that keeps it going for a bit. Um, I finally brought up my espresso machine that I got to, for my wedding 13 years ago. And uh, I'm, I've been on a roll with that. And oh man, it's, uh, I think I yeah. got a new hobby if this thing doesn't pan out. You know, for me, something at the rink is just a nice cup of cocoa. You know, got Fair just enough. makes me think, you know, back to the day yeah. when, when I was, you know, just a little kid living on the island. My dad would, you know, wake up to play early morning hockey with the guys. He'd take me to the rink and there you go. I'd sit and watch and, uh, you know, hot cup of cocoa. There you go. Did they, did they put uh, smell marshmallows the rink. and sprinkles on Oh, it? hell yeah, or... they did, man. Excellent, excellent. So, so while we're in sort of break it up mode, maybe we'll break up this session a little bit more. Um, was was put out there from you, I believe, and a couple of us about answering some some Twitter questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought we'd go with a uh, Twitter question here. Um, get some questions from the fans. Um, so we're gonna start things off. Uh, I got a question from a guy named Ken Davidson from Carberry, Manitoba. He's a big Jets fan and wants to know this: How did Canuck fans feel about the acquisition of Tyler Myers? How is he going to like playing for the Canucks, and what kind of influence will he be playing on this team? Hmm. Um, well, what do you think, Brady? Well, I'm honestly a huge fan of Tyler Myers. Uh, I think the Jets are definitely going to miss him this year. They're going to they're going to miss a lot of players. Um, but you know, he brings that size. Um, he brings that uh, skating ability. Um, you know, he's been a little cold so far. But as a guy from Kelowna, you know, he's an ex Rocket. I'm yep. happy to have him, and uh, I think he's going to be a good fit. Some good size, um, good protection. Um, yeah, all around. Good guy for us. I don't. And think the Jets he, are gonna miss him. I don't think he's a phenomenal ad, but I don't hate Tyler Myers. I I do like him. I hope he pans out for the Canucks. And as far as an influence, I mean, he is a veteran. He's been around a while, and um, he was a, a big part of that Jets team. And they yeah, they've talked about it. They're going to miss him. And you know, statistically, and you know, again, for for what he brings as the advanced stats, they're they're not all that great. But I think. Uh, some of the more intangible things. I think Myers brings uh, the work ethic. Overall, I think probably in the gym, he's gonna probably uh, rub off on a few guys, and um, you know he's gonna get some of those younger guys to really step their their gym game up. And you know it might not be this season. He's gonna be here for your, for a few years, but I think you're gonna see it in you know probably in the coming seasons that. Uh, eventually this team's going to be good and they're going to be fit and they're going to be yeah. tough to play against. He's going to be a good thing for us. Yeah, I, overall, you know, hopefully it is on the score sheet as well, but uh, I think there's a few other things that uh, that Myers is going to bring that's going to help the Canucks out. How about you, Ted? you got anything you want to touch yeah, I think, up on? I think on, on the whole, I think Canuck Nation is like pretty happy with that signing. I think all of us were pretty scared knowing that, that Myers was a target for Benning that we were going to pay something like 7 or 7.5 mil. Yeah. So when we got him at a really good price, um, he fits in at this core. I think the the fans on the whole are actually pretty stoked about it. Um, you know, I've got a really good friend of mine who says that things like intangibles can't be measured. It's not a measurable stat. So uh, we disagree on the whole. I think that, you know, you're right. You can be an influence in the gym. You can be an influence on the on the ice and you can be an influence in a locker room and I think you're right he's a veteran guy I think that's important for this decor to have Edler's getting older we don't know how yeah. long he's going to be around you know plus I think we can bank on maybe 30 35 points which this D needs I'd say that's a good number yeah. and, and and he's not slow so thank thank goodness that we're going out there and signing another defenseman that can skate because I'm just so sick of seeing guys skate around with cement in their boots aka Eric Branson. and I've yet to see him do a drop pass but I also haven't been paying yeah. too much attention <laughs> to the round then. so Ted's yeah. happy about Tyler Myers Ryan's yeah, happy I'm about good. Tyler Myers I'm happy yeah, about I'm Tyler okay Myers Colonna's happy about Tyler Myers Colonna likes it you yeah. know Alex Edler's happy too you know they played together in for the Rockets, now they're playing together for the for the Canucks. It's a good thing. And uh, all right, we got another question. Uh, it's from Chris Faber thirty nine on Twitter. Uh, he wants to know what are three things that are going to help the Canucks make the playoffs this year, and what are three things that are going to stop them from making the playoffs. Oh boy, that's a tough one. That's a real thinker. Um, Ted, yeah, well, cheating on this a bit. Three things that are going to help this team make the playoffs are. Uh, lack of injuries, lack of injuries, lack of injuries. Like a healthy <laughs> team gives this core a chance to get in there. Um, I think that good goaltending from Markstrom and Demko are going to go a long way. And I think progression from guys like 
um, Pedersen and good seasons from guys like Miller and our free agents are going to help us get into the playoffs. What's not going to allow us to get into the playoffs? The injuries. And that's always going to happen because we're a West Coast team and we travel a lot of miles, play a lot of games um, with big... Besser. <coughs> Besser. <coughs> yeah. Uh, a healthy Besser or an unhealthy Besser is going to screw us over on that front. Um, yeah. And if we have a bunch of guys who don't take the next step, we're not getting in, period. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about that next step, there's a few guys that haven't taken really any steps. Um as far as not making it, and you look at Louis Erickson and Brandon Sutter and, you know, Jay Beagle we've brought up uh, Just know, a little bit. There, those are three guys. Yeah, and I mean, these contracts are going to run out at some point, but at the same time, right now, they are on this team, and if they don't get traded or they don't get sent down and they do stay on this team, you have to make it work, and unfortunately... You know, at least two of those players, or potentially all three, are taking up spots where we could see a Zach. So they're a good We could see an Adam Gaudet. We could see at some point maybe a Cole Lind, or maybe it hampers as far as a call up. You know, until there is an injury, a guy like Ole Levy at some point, or mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, there there are some yeah. guys that are. It's going to make it tough. Teddy talked about the injuries. It's kind of a given, like you said. You know, they're going to happen. The only time it really didn't have uh, major injuries. Was, I think that's actually. A, I take it back. Twenty eleven, there was injuries, and that's the reason. That's we the did. good thing we might we make <laughs> might make the playoffs this year, though, is we have that depth to deal with the injuries. Possibly. Uh, I also think you know rolling three scoring lines. I think we finally have the ability to do that. That mm-hmm. could be a big con- contribution to yeah. making the playoffs. But I think maybe the one of the biggest things is the power play. We need to be top ten in the league on the power play. It needs to be clicking. We need to make that work. A PP1 would get us there for sure. The people, I think we need success from obviously both units. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> yeah. And, What's um, the next one we got up there? Well, the next question. All right. Uh, Canucks181 on Twitter. Uh, will Godet start the season with the team or will he start in Utica? Quick roundtable. I think we've kind of talked about this quickly. Ted, yes or no? I'm going to say no, but I hope the hell I'm wrong. Okay, Braden? Definite yes. And I'm uh, I'm going with a yes as well. All right, that's uh, two to one, Ted. You suck. (laughs) You're an awful person. Um, Can I read this next one? Yeah, for sure, man. So this is uh, from uh, Shawnee West 234. Great name. I think uh, he's from the Canuck Way. Uh, Asks, looking at the team's new additions in Miller, Furlan, Myers, Ben... What's a pro and a con of each player? Ooh. I think we can probably cover these quickly. Do you want to just cover... Some of us cover cons, would, some of us cover I would just say, pros. like, as a, as a group, let, we could probably grab a couple quick uh, pros and a couple quick cons. I think uh, I'll go first on this one. The pros, I mean, we've added score. Yeah, definitely. We've added depth, and we've added a little bit of intensity and a little bit of grit. I don't know. What about player in particular? What 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 do you think about Miller or what do you think about Ferland Myers Ben in particular? Those guys. Strengths I got one for the I got one for the Miller one. Sure. I think he's a great player uh, in our top six. Um, but the con about him, according to you guys, is we gave up that first round pick. Yeah, but I mean, that, you don't see that on the <laughs> ice. No, you don't yeah. see that on the ice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thing about Furland, I really like his size, his physical play. It's going to be great with uh, PD and Besser. But the one scary thing about Furland for me is his concussion history. Uh, you know, what, for what, four years? Uh, that that concussion, concussion could come back to haunt him. Mm-hmm. Um, Same thing. For him. Yeah, you know, same, but, and Besser and yeah, exactly. Got a few guys and, like that uh, too, right? But for Tyler Myers, you know, I like his size, skating ability. But again, maybe contract might be a year or two too long. I think that might be a con there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a question there. One more thing, that Braden, you kind of brought up on Twitter this week, and we're talking oh, yeah. a lot about Twitter. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You reached out and. I did. Uh, you were asking everybody what jersey should. I mean, I don't care what jersey Man, you buy. You, I don't know what's in your in your. Uh, your I got closet, quite the jersey stash. Here's the thing: it's uh, you decided you're gonna buck up and get one of these brutally expensive. Uh, 50 oh my god! The prices jerseys. just go up. Um, up. Which which one did you choose? Did Twitter decide, or did you already have one picked out? I honestly let Twitter decide. Um, watching it all unfold so as, you're getting as the, the day went on. No, no, no. Um, the Hughes skate jersey was winning the poll for quite a while. That's what I voted for. And I wasn't quite sold on it, mm-hmm. but it looked like it was a landslide. And then, you know, I stopped looking at all the all the, the votes, 
looked, opened it up the next day when the votes were in, and uh, Pedersen skate jersey won. Happy to say it did, and I'm just waiting to order it. So perfect, perfect. Just gotta get it signed, and yeah, excited well, to wear it for the home opener. By all means, uh, I'm glad it's your money and not mine because I don't think <laughs> I have three hundred dollars. Hey, I still it. got that discount. Circa oh. what, 2007? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta have that discount. That's for sure. Connections, man. I mean, that's how I met you guys. That's true. We're sitting here and we're 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 talking connects hockey because of this. So. Is there anything left we got to say, boys, or is this... Uh... I, gotta, I got one question for you yeah. guys. I know we've heard a lot on the podcast over the summer, especially with all the new acquisitions, but I got to ask it. Our next podcast going to be... Season's going to be started. Do the Canucks make the playoffs this year? No. No, I don't think it's... I don't think yet, no. Don't oh, worry. Wow, okay. They're going to just miss, but we're going to be in some exciting games at the end of the year, which we haven't had in a long, long oh, time. Oh, I'm okay for excitement. Okay. If they lose and we get another good pick, that's yeah. great. I'm going to, just because you guys both said no, I'm going to say Canucks do make the playoffs. And I think, honestly, this is way too early to tell, but I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to play a big part in that this year. How are the Jets going to play a part in that? I think they're going to fall out. The I Jets mean, are going to be the Yeah, team? they're going to be one of those teams yeah. that are uh, falling out. Well, sorry, Jets. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Canucks make the playoffs. Book it. Wow. <laughs> wow and uh, final question Area 51 Hockey Pod asks uh, first question overall thoughts on the Botchford project and how the Canucks have honored his memory well that's a recent one yeah so you guys heard about the, you guys heard about the uh, yeah. Botchford project so I read I read the bot the Botchford project tweet and, and posted by, um, by and something Can- we had you know we should have actually probably touched on by the Canucks and various other uh, personalities on Twitter and honestly like it was like I was like getting a little welled up reading mm-hmm. that I think man what a what a classy I... moves from the organization and, and from the athletic and I think that it's fantastic to give um, you know, a 10 people an yeah, opportunity that's great that. like we're all looking for opportunities and I think that if there's a chance and, and you know one more one more chance for somebody else to get you know something good to happen to them and, and remember it in terms of botch um, and he's not, he was never employed by the Canucks, but the mm-hmm. fact that he's, you know, they're recognizing and remembering that he was such an important part, part of this media, I think mm-hmm. uh, it was just a really classy thing to do by both the Athletic and the, and the Canucks. And I'm just really um, warmed in my heart to read it, for sure. No, I feel definitely the, the exact same way. Uh, I've just started writing at the Canuck way, and it's been a bunch of fun. I'm definitely going to be applying at, uh, at this project. Um, I know how much Botchford meant to the writing community uh, around the Canucks. He wants, uh, you know, he wants a lot of young people to get out there and to uh, report and you know have fun with it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to apply. Uh, I think it's great for journalism in Vancouver, and yeah, I couldn't be more excited. It is. Um, everybody kind of has Botchford stories. Um, we never actually met, unfortunately, and uh, we had been talking last year. Um, I had a couple interesting uh, stories that I won't release on here uh, but uh, we had been back and forth and I had kind of reached out to him uh, when I've been writing for Canucks Army and no way. Um, I didn't know that. towards the end of uh, I guess it would have been uh, two seasons ago um, it was pretty tough the Canucks were losing pretty much every single game getting outscored getting outshot and uh, just like everybody else um, in the actual media um, there, there wasn't a whole lot of new stuff to talk about, mm-hmm. and uh, I had reached out to him, and we'd uh, gone back and forth, and uh, he gave me some really awesome ideas and stuff that he was potentially going to write about. Um, that you know, these are these are ideas that he could have easily just put into an article, and uh, we chatted back and forth, and you know, he told me what he would want to be reading, and uh, he finally just said, "All right, this." He goes, "I'm gonna." give you this, this, and this, but I'm keeping a few more for for myself. So <laughs> I, he was, everyone has a story, and I'm sure you've heard a, a ton of them. Um, like I said, I had one, and uh, it was, that was a tough, uh, it was a tough phone call to get. Uh, actually, it was a text from you, Ted. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I had no idea what you were talking about, and as soon as I opened the article, um, I, <laughs> I definitely cried in my car that day. I was at work, and um, I couldn't believe it because, you know, we had a connection and, you know, like I said, we never met, but, uh, what he did for so many people, he was so selfless 
and yet he was kind of a selfish outwardly when it, when it came off. He he always seemed like he he wanted an idea. He wanted one of his ideas to be out there, wanted them to stick. And yet, you know, behind the scenes, there's countless people that have a story about how he, um, he helped them out. And I yeah. think this is such a phenomenal um, project that they've launched. And I mean, it's amazing. Someone yeah, someone's really gonna. Is, yeah. I think the the crazy thing about it too is, are we sitting here? If it wasn't for Jason Botchford, I mean, he's inspired so many Canucks fans to start these podcasts, to start writing, to yeah. start having fun, reporting, talking about Canucks. A lot of that goes because of Jason. Yeah, Botchford. I think you hit the nail on the head, Braden. I think he inst- inspired a ton of a ton of writers and a ton of people who want to get involved in media. But he inspired Canucks fans too. I yeah. think that was the fact that Ryan, you you reached out and got a conversation back and forth. And I think that was so Botchford, right? I think even when we were reading things like the Provi- the Provies and the Athletics, right? Yeah. When we were looking at regular Twitter conversations, and he'd get out there and he'd make his thoughts known, and people would chime back and prod back at him, and he'd answer back nine times out of ten. And it was so great. He just seemed like such a full. Because he was that kind of guy to get yeah. back to talk to the people, right? Exactly. Well, he just but seemed like such a good people person, you know? He was. Um, yeah. Um, Cheers to you, Botch. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, Botch. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.